It is Thursday, December 8th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. Reunited with my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. Man, there were a lot of people that wanted Jake to replace you permanently. I wouldn't let it happen. I don't care if he's the guy that signs my paychecks. I was not going to let them tear us apart. Replace me where? Not on this show. That's for dang sure. Maybe like in the John Boy ATS league they were doing that he's hot in nine weeks in a row. He's won, but not on this show, Chris. I'm number one. You know that. You took a pick with Kevin Millar to make me jealous while I was in Vegas. And I told you not last to make night, you boy, oh boy, stop it that. worked. I'm happy for you, but it got Will me a little stop jealous. that. Listen, uh, I've been friends with him for nearly 20 years. I hadn't seen him in two. So am I not allowed to take a picture with him? I'm like that jealous girlfriend right now. Well, you have nothing to be jealous about. I love okay. being here with you every day during the season, a couple times a week in the offseason. So let's get to it because the winter meetings uh, craziness did not stop once most of the media and the teams left San Diego because late last night, the hometown Padres wowed the world. They signed former Boston shortstop Xander Bogarts to an 11-year, nearly $280 million deal. Hey, now, how shocked were you? I was shocked-ish. Uh, shocked that Xander went there. I, I thought he was headed back to the Red Sox. I thought it was almost a similar situation that the Yankees had with Judge. We're like, this is guys, he's homegrown. Like, let's bring him back. All of Boston was clamoring to get him back. There was even some tweets out yesterday that there was momentum in the talks. And then all of a sudden we get the news. So, yeah, I was a little shocked. But also there's part of me that said, well, we knew that they were in on Trey Turner. We also knew that they were in on Judge. So they were willing to spend. And if you tell your fan base that you're willing to spend and put $40 million on the books, then we knew they were going to go do something else. Now you yep. bring in Bogarts and you have now what? like six shortstops on your roster, which is okay. Like you're going to have to figure out what to do with all these guys. I don't know if there's going to be another trade to take some money off the books. I think now, Chris, with this deal, they're going to enter that second tax threshold. So to me, it seems like maybe there's some other moves coming, but to get Bogarts over there, look, the bottom line is you want to stack good players on your team. And that's what the San Diego Padres have done. So if he... We heard that they had gone hard after Trey Turner, that they had offered him even more than Lindor got. So that would have been 342 plus, And he goes to Philly for 300 We had heard that Aaron Judge flew out to have a last-minute soiree with the Padres. We don't know exactly if there was an offer. It sounds like there wasn't, but maybe the Padres would have gone upwards of $400 million. Nobody can really substantiate that, but we'll never know, perhaps. And Judge said, thank you, but no thank you. I'm going back to New York. So we're like, okay, so now what do they do? Do they go after Carlos Rodon? Do they help fill out that pitching staff a little bit? No, they go after maybe the most consistent hitting shortstop in this free agent class. I mean, that's basically what Xander Bogarts has done over the last decade. Five times he's been a silver slugger. There's only a handful of other shortstops that have ever done that. I think uh, uh, Ripken, A-Rod, Barry Larkin, Jeter, the only guys that have done it at least five times. Pretty impressive group. But yeah, it shocked the hell out of me. I, and and the number shocked the hell out of me. I guess if you look big picture here, they know that Machado can opt out, and I'm sure he will next year as long as he stays healthy and produces close to what he has throughout his career. Uh, Josh Hader comes off the books. So they're, I mean, it's like two, 2023. They, they've got to take that next step. 
Yeah, like I said, like that's a great point with Machado there. The the opt out uh, coming after this season, so that'll clear money off the books if he doesn't re-sign there. Um, so it it was a move to set themselves up for next year, like you said, twenty twenty three because twenty twenty two they were close and they looked really good. Um, but it also sets them up for the future. Eleven years, no opt outs. We're talking yeah. twenty thirty four. Well, let me ask you this. When you start thinking about numbers like that, Chris, that longevity, it's it's a little a little crazy. Yeah, but we've seen it a couple times now, right? Yes, Trey we Turner, have, yes, we Xander Bogarts. I mean, the Judge timing, didn't even get 10 years. The but, timing of this free agent class was impeccable with the CBA being ratified, and totally. now teams are willing to go. So let me ask you this. Would San Diego have been wiser to go feed its pitching staff for substantially less money. Even a guy like Carlos Rodon, who's the biggest name pitcher left, wouldn't come close to 280 million. If he gets 125 or 130, I think that'd be great for him. Would they be have would they have been smarter to do that and try and re-sign Machado if he opts out next year and or lure Juan Soto, we don't even talk about him. And he reportedly turned down $440 million extension with the Nationals. So God knows what he's going to get in a couple of years. Would they have been smarter to do that for next year? I, I think so. I mean, I think adding a starting pitcher like Rodon really help, helps your chances more than landing a guy like Bogarts. I'm not taking anything away from Xander. What he can do at the plate no. um, is very, very impressive. But I think, yeah, next year... I would have liked them to see them go after a starting pitcher, and maybe they will. Maybe there's a trade uh, coming. That's a people don't think about. We think about free agency in the offseason, but trades can happen, and the, these rosters can look drastically different uh, come spring training. So it kind of gets us to the other side of this discussion, and that would be the Boston part. Because yesterday, Red Sox fans, at least in the early part of the day, were feeling pretty good about themselves. There was a report that they were pretty close with Xander Bogarts. And then more importantly, they solidified their bullpen. They give Kenley Jansen a two-year, $32 million deal. And then in the middle of the day, they lure over Japanese outfielder Masataka Yoshida, five years for 90. It actually cost him 105 when you consider the posting fee. But then at the end of the night, they lose one of the guys that helped them win in 2013, that helped them win in 2018, has been a model citizen and an all-star player for a decade. So does the two signings of Jansen and Yoshida outweigh the loss of Bogarts? I don't think so. I think they wanted to do all three of those signings and getting two of the three and the two being Yoshi and, and Jansen, I think is that's not ideal for Red Sox and the Red Sox and Red Sox fans. They definitely wanted bogey back. I mean, Yoshi coming over, we'll see how it works out. Uh, we know that what the numbers are in Japan, they're eye popping. He's a plate disciplined guy, which a lot of teams obviously really value and they should value. I mean, that is, the mark of a good hitter, being able to have that play discipline. It's not a huge power guy, but he, he can have some pop, kind of a smaller dude. But I like the signings, but I think it definitely hurts them not bringing back Bogarts. Now, can they go out and, and get somebody else? Sure. Did they bring in Trevor Story and have uh, Devers over there? Sure. I think that's where they're going to focus their attention now on is keeping Devers there, getting him extended. Um, so I guess if you look at it, this was kind of – already in the works when you bring in story this was that was the insurance move uh if you weren't weren't being able to sign xander which they ultimately didn't do this isn't close this is painful for the red sox fans on many many levels not because uh these two guys that they brought in aren't good players they are 
Um, you know, we don't know a whole lot, obviously, about Yoshida. We can read his numbers. We can see his highlights. But we, we haven't seen him on a daily basis. But he does have it over an out, 1,000 OPS. Adam Jones, who played with him a couple of years over in Japan, said he is the Japanese version of Juan Soto. He could spray it all over the yard, and nobody works a walk quite like him. He's got like a two-to-one walk-to-strikeout ratio. There was only one guy here in the States who did that, and that was Luis Arise. So if he's got that sort of bat discipline and and all sorts of stuff, he's going to help the team. But really bigger picture, what have we seen over the last three to four years with the Red Sox? They have either been unable or unwilling to keep their homegrown talent. Mookie Betts is a generational talent. They traded him away because, well, whether or not he did, he didn't want to stay there or they just couldn't come to terms or they didn't want to give him $365 million or whatever it was, they end up trading him to the Dodgers. And now Xander Bogarts, I get it. Why in the world would they match $280 million? That doesn't make sense. But the fact that they couldn't get this done at this time last year, I get it. We were in a work stoppage. I guess in spring training of the 2022 season is beyond me. You know, it would not have cost them $280 million to wrap up Xander Bogarts. No, but the thing is, you bring a general manager over from the Rays. They're not going to continue to operate like a massive market Red Why? Sox team. I because that's not what he does. That's not what they brought him in to do. Now, do they have the money to do that? Yes, but you either trust Heim or you don't. And I think right now, a lot of people in Boston are kind of like, well, we, we've given Heim some time. It hasn't really worked out. Um, but I don't, I don't expect them to operate like that. Like they, A guy that comes from Tampa does not want to pay a guy into his 40s. So that's kind of where it's like, you asked me if I was shocked earlier. Shocked that he went to San Diego, but I'm not too shocked that he's not back in Boston on that long of a well, deal. not for not for 11 and 280 but that's my point ploof is that they should have done it done earlier yes. right exactly if they had done yes. it last spring training you don't think they could have come to an agreement on an eight-year deal worth 200 million you don't think that could have happened I, I I do but again I'm going to go back to the fact that you know Heim comes from a different mentality and they brought him but, in knowing that they, that he has that mentality okay so where did Andrew Friedman come from Look, I get it. I get it. it I think it took some time for him to go over there and, and start signing guys. It they did. had a lot of homegrown ta- uh, talent there. Yes, they so. did. But the, but the Red Sox have not grown up players the way that the Dodgers have. Okay, they haven't. And and yes. Andrew Friedman has not kept everybody that has come through that system. Right? He let mm-hmm. Corey Seager walk. He yes. didn't have to do that. But he did bring in. He traded for Mookie Betts, and then he extended him. He gave him a $365 million deal without ever having seen him play in Dodger blue. Maybe the Red Sox trade for Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, stop that. I don't know. This is a a bummer for Red Sox Nation, which I believe has now finished last five of the last 12 years. This has been too, it's been too much playing with their emotions. Like I get it. You know, they've, Won four crowns since 2004 after having gone nearly a century without one. So I, I don't feel for those fans because they have enjoyed the riches of what they've seen in the last, you know, 17, 18 years now. But at the same time, when you're a Red Sox fan, you puff out your chest and you say, we can go blow for blow financially with the Yankees, with the Red Sox with all these other teams and certainly not get outbid by the San Diego Padres, the 27th media market in the world or in the country. 
You can be mad about losing Xander and not doing it earlier. I think that's the one thing Red Sox fans can be upset about. We should have done this earlier. Um, yep. But I would I would wait until spring training to really be upset about where the roster is at. I think there's more stuff coming for them. Okay. Well, you know what, Red Sox fans? There is a great way for you to cool your emotional jets today. That is, go on over to trueclassic.com slash today. You can get 25% off your True Classic tees. It is a great gift, not only for yourself, but we got the holidays fast approaching. So if you've got a son, if you got a dad, if you got a brother, if you got a good friend, whomever it is, because more than 2 million men are looking great in these tees. The way they fit you, I can tell you that right now I'm not happy with where I am LBs-wise. I throw on one of these true classic tees. I look like I've dropped 15 pounds. They look great. The way they fit over my shoulders, they taper down. They're just super comfortable on top of that. And also, I love the array of colors. And I've actually lined them up in my uh, T-shirt closet. I'm one of those guys that's a little anal when it comes to that stuff. So I've got my white tees over here. i got my blue tees here. i got the red ones here. i got the green ones here. i got the black ones there. i got the gray ones over there. And so I've got a true classic in like five different colors. So depending on what color I feel like with my mood, that's the way I'm going to go. It is a great way to uh, spend your money throughout the holiday season. And they've got them for everything. Lots of options. They got them for tall guys. They got them up to triple XL as well. As well. If you're a dad bod, they're going to take care of you. So go to trueclassic.com slash today. Get 25% off plus free shipping included on purchases over 100 bucks. That is 25% off at trueclassic.com slash today. Ho, ho, ho. Make somebody's holiday season a happy one. We continue on with the biggest news to come out of the winter meetings, and that is that Aaron Judge has returned back to his original baseball home. Nine years, $360 million to wear the pinstripes and perhaps that captaincy on his jersey as well. Uh, is Judge's continued dominance, Ploofy, the most important aspect of breaking New York's World Series drought, or is it something else? I think it has to be the most important aspect. I mean, this guy can legitimately carry the team. He did last year in the second half. I just want to stop real quick. Is he really going to get a C on his chest? Is that like happening? Dan, well, are you I there? Mean, it's, it's, a, it's a figurative C. I don't think they but literally gonna, put a Are they going to name him that? Are they going to name him that? Because that's a big deal. I guess he's got to. It Dan sounds saying like it. yes. Down. I mean, it's awesome, dude. But it is very important. Okay. Now that doesn't mean like they're done or like the roster is full yet. They do need to make some more moves. I think they need to add to their pitching staff. They need a left fielder. I got Joe McFly saying, go trade for Brian Reynolds. You get Carlos Rodon and bing, bang, boom. We're back. That's pretty tough to do. I know the Pirates asking price is going to be massive. They've said they're not going to trade him, but they're they can trade him. Um, they need more. They need more on that roster. They've essentially brought back the same exact team. Pretty good team. I don't think it's enough. But to answer your question, Chris, I think it is the most important thing. If he's if he falls off and it isn't the offensive juggernaut that he is and can be, then that's a big problem for the Yankees. I don't see that happening. I think he's going to go do the damn thing. Uh, they need more, but he is the most important part. Let's start with his year last year, which was – one of the greatest offensive seasons we've ever seen, right? We can agree on that? Sure. Okay. He hit 10 more homers than he had in any other year. His OPS plus was 50 points higher than any season. He had 17 more RBIs. He had 19 more hits. 
it's going to be hard to duplicate that. It's going to be really hard. So even if he falls back to 52 homers, what does that mean for New York? If everybody else continues to struggle and continues to get banged up, they might not be the champions in the American League East, right? The goal isn't to get Aaron Judge to stick around. The goal is to figure out a way to get past those damn Astros. And this is not enough. This is not enough because I would expect Aaron Judge to be 88% of the player he was a year ago, which is still better than 98.8% of the league, if not more. I mean, you can't expect him to continue to do this year in and year out. They still have some real old heads they're going to rely on. Now, obviously, they could trade Donaldson and eat a substantial amount of money and maybe attach a prospect if they want to get him out of there. Who knows what role Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is going to play. You know, Rizzo had a really, really good year for them. But who knows? He's up there. You know, he's approaching the mid-30s. You don't know if there could be a drop-off there. And they're going to try and rely on a bunch of kids that we just don't know. We think they're going to be good players, but we just don't know. For so long, New York has dealt in the proven area. And right now, they don't have that. So it's unfair to say that Aaron Judge has to be the biggest part of this equation because I don't think it's right. I'm I'm just saying he has he is the biggest part because if you take him out of that lineup, it's not a very good lineup. <laughs> but that's the point is that it's not a good lineup right now. Why can't they make it better around him so that there's not all that pressure to continue to be the Aaron Judge that we saw in the second half of last year? I think they're going to try to. I, I foresee some more moves coming for them as well. You talked about Donaldson trying to get him off the books. It's going to be difficult, but they can try to do that. IKF is a, a nice piece to have, but you know that's $6 bucks they could easily get off the books. And then you know it would have been nice to see some of these young guys. It would have been nice to see Volpe last year because now you're going to – I think they're going to rely on him and Peraza this year. And we mm-hmm. saw a little bit of Peraza last year. It would have been nice to see more of an extended run for him and also just Volpe to get his feet wet because – you're going to have to rely on these guys. And like you said, Chris, we have no idea what they're going to look like right. at the big league level. It's just, it, that's how it goes. Some people come up, they do better in the big leagues. Most people don't. They taper down their numbers from the minor leagues a little bit, probably 70% of their minor league numbers. But it's a, there's still a lot of question marks for the Yankees. I'm so happy they kept Judge. It reminded me of the Minnesota Twins situation with Maurer when he won the MVP in 09, and they just had to, they had to lock him up before the season. They ended up doing it great, uh, but there's more work to be done. By the way, with Maurer, they never let him get to free agency, though, right? No, it was it was, it was his walk year. They signed him before. It was? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, and by the way, those young guys might end up being great. I mean, the Astros were talking up Jeremy Pena to replace Car- you know, Carlos Correa, and we were like, eh. yeah. And look at what he ended up doing. He ended up being their postseason hero, so it could help. It could it happen. Can happen. It can happen. Yeah, it can. But they, everyone's I, a slapdick until Yankee, they're not, Chris. Every Yankee fan knows this was the biggest piece of the puzzle to figure out because who knows where they would have pivoted to after this. But they have got to help him out. They have got to. Or else it seems like it's not. I wouldn't call it a $360 million waste, but it certainly means that the front office did not do its due diligence, in my opinion. All right, one guy who's staying in the National League Central but changing teams, Wilson Contreras, the lifelong Chicago Cub, is now Yadier Molina's replacement in St. Louis. Five years, 87 and a half mil. Is this a solid move, an outstanding move, or somewhere in between? 
I think it's a sol- it's a solid move. How about that? Uh, I called solid for this plus. Tra- yeah, solid plus. I like that. It's like medium rare plus. Just yeah, it's like, like yeah. Me- no, you, you got to go medium well. You can't go medium rare. That's not good for the digestive system. I go medium rare plus, Chris. All right. Um, look, I called for this move. I called for him to go to the, either the Astros last year or the Cardinals. I thought it would have been a, a nice little you know transition for both teams. Um, I think that. It's going to be interesting to see how he handles that pitching staff. They are used to having a guy there that knows them in and out, and he's going to have some time in spring training to get to know these guys, but it's not going to be the same thing. So I'm curious to see how that all works out. How much is he going to catch? Is he going to catch 120 games? I don't know, man. He's definitely going to hit, and they're going to get more out of that position uh, than they have in, in the in previous years. So I really like the move. I love this team. I think the biggest thing for me, and I'll talk to Flaherty and some of the guys when they get down there, but seeing how he meshes with that pitching staff, because it is so vital to that organization, the way they play defense and the way they line up and and have that defensive mentality, um, catcher's a big part of that. I'm going to go solid plus plus. Um, In part because of where we are offensively with the catching position. I mean, I never remember it being as down as it has been the last couple of years. And then like once Buster Posey had that amazing bounce back in 2021 and then he called it quits. I was like, oh, there goes another great hitting catcher. See ya. So this guy is so much better than the league average in terms of catchers that he's going to he's going to give them a dynamic that they haven't had in forever. As great as Yachty is. And the reason he's going to um, be strongly considered for a spot in Cooperstown is because of the way a he handled that pitching staff and b the way he handled the running game and at times shut it down. Now that's not Wilson Contreras. He does have a howitzer on that right shoulder. He can really throw the ball. In fact, early in his career, remember he used to be the guy that always threw to first base, like just to show, <laughs> you know, how good his arm was. He'd always fire it down there. I think he's kind of uh, dimmed that light a little bit over the years. The other thing I like about this move for St. Louis is that they always feel so buttoned up as an organization. And Contreras feels a little bit like a wild card. And once again, I think he has matured a bit, but he also has kind of like that crazy eye going occasionally. You know what I'm saying? Like he seems a little off. And I think they need a little bit of that. They need a little bit of fuck you in them. Okay. I don't know about the eye thing, but I agree with you. He's... um. He's a little more showy than you expect on the Cardinals, but the game is changing. I, I think also as you get a little bit older now, he's 30, uh, you know, your pitch calling can improve and the way you handle a staff mm-hmm. can improve just being around these guys. You know, the pitchers are going to have to go and help him out too. It's not him just going in there and being like figuring out some sort of puzzle. It's like he's going to get together with these guys and you're getting Wayno back who's going to really help him and dial him in. I'm sure he's been on the phone with – you know, I hope that Molina is helping the transition. I think he should, um, but we'll see. I, I, it's it's a fun move. If anything, Chris, like that's so mm-hmm. fun to see him on that team. And I think he's going to look great yep. in that uniform. Yeah, and it'll be interesting for that first series when he comes back to the north side of Chicago. I'm sure they'll play him a n- really nice tribute. He'll get emotional because we remember last year when we thought he was traded like three times and that didn't happen and the embrace with Ian Happ and he ended up playing out the string there in Chicago. Uh, and then once he starts playing, they should boo the shit out of him. That's the sort of stuff I love yeah. seeing uh, between arch rivals. So there you go. 
Uh, last thing today, usually we have our last topic is kind of a fun one, but because there was so much news, I wanted to put this one in there. And he is the biggest name free agent remaining on the board, and that is Carlos Correa. Ken Rosenthal, the athletic, says that Correa will not be a Dodger in part, not entirely, but in part because the organization fears blowback from the fan base. Do you buy that? I, I don't really, you know, I've been marinating on that question, trying to decide like who said this to Ken, because obviously like he talked to somebody within the organization. Now who mm-hmm. is that person? We have no idea. Does he have any say or feel about the organization? We have no idea. I'll say this. I went and saw Carlos Correa play this year in Los Angeles against or with the twins against the Dodgers. And he got booed mercifully or unmercifully what well, i don't know either one it was loud mm-hmm. loudest i've ever heard anyone get booed was carlos correa at dodger stadium but here's the thing chris when that dude puts on a dodger uniform in dodger blue things change okay yep. like all of a sudden you're like it's like major league when he's like they really hate jack parkman shimmy then he comes over and now they really love the shimmy like <laughs> that's just how it is people will love carlos correa if he came over to LA, helped him win a championship, and was the player that he is. They will love him. So I don't necessarily buy that, Chris. I think it's, I think it's kind of clickbaity, you know, headliney fodder stuff like that. I really do. Well, first of all, I want to say this: Ken is one of the best reporters that we have in this business. Yes, so I, I like Ken. You know, I believe that he talked to somebody very credible in that organization. But I also, if those are the words that came out of that person's mouth, then I think that they're seriously misguided. When was the last time you listened to a fan base when you're making organizational moves? Like you can't do that. You have to hire the right people and you have to trust them. And if you're telling me that what they have right now at shortstop would be better than Carlos Correa, then you're wrong. I mean, I get it. There's a dollar figure attached to it. And because Xander Bogart's just got 280 million, God knows that it's probably going to start with a three. If he doesn't have to go back to a taking a three year, $103 million deal. Like he took with the twins a year ago. Um, so if it's a full deal, then it's going to be, it's going to start with a three is my guess. Um, I think the biggest hang up, I have to be honest with you. And the LA times wrote an article on this is, is the Trevor Bauer situation that yeah. they don't know where they sit financially with that. Right. If, if the suspension is upheld and they don't have to pay anything, they're going to have a lot more money to deal with. If they have to give him back pay and then get taxed on top of that because they were over a luxury tax threshold, that could end up possibly being a hundred million dollar bill. So I think that's the biggest issue with the Dodgers right now, not going after a guy like Correa. It's more financial than it is fan base related. I would 100% agree with that. And like, you know, I'd also agree that front offices don't take fan base's voice into consideration when they're making plays nor should they yeah they just don't so again i i respect kenny i'm not trying to take a shot at kenny either but i i think that that's it is misguided i think also yeah just just being a fan myself of any sports team like yeah if you you might hate somebody when they're on a different team but if he comes over and performs well for your team Oh yeah, kind of like the guy i mean there's definitely situations there's there's situations chris where like that doesn't happen like if this guy is just a true piece of shit okay sure i I disagree i disagree with you because we all for the most part you're a fortunate fan if you haven't been put in a in a position by your favorite team it makes it difficult there's certain scenarios 
There's certain scenarios. That's all I'm saying. I I don't think that I think there have been a lot of teams that have made plays for guys who have questionable backgrounds. Absolutely, it's it's like all sports are riddled with that. There's no doubt about yeah. that. And so, you know, what do you do? What do you do? You drop your team, your favorite team that you've rooted for for decades because your your team just made an interesting move. Like, mm, I'm living that you think right LA now. would boo him in his first at bat if he came up there. Hell no, do they Hell probably no, give him a standing ovation? Of course they would. Of course they would. To me, the biggest issue would be him walking in the clubhouse and seeing how that dynamic would play out. He'd to have me, to handle the, the situation issue. the right way. He'd have to come out and totally. you know talk to the talk to the fan base, blah, blah, blah. Yep. But uh, that's all easy stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. I think that he would figure that part out. All right. Um, we had a really good time at the winter meetings. We certainly missed you, but we understand that you were doing some good charity work with uh, with Tori Hunter out in Las Vegas. Um, there will be a couple editions of the Rose rotation coming out next week. I think I talked to six or seven managers, Francona, Brandon Hyde, Bob Melvin, um, Craig Council, uh, Tori Lavello, who was hilarious. I had Jake join us for that one. David oh, Ross. I had Jerry Depoto of the Mariners. He was really good as well. All that Dang. stuff is going to be coming out next week. So uh, really good, entertaining stuff. Um, so we look forward to that. And in the meantime, a special thank you to our one-of-a-kind producer, the always smiley now, Dan Rourke. That is Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next week on Baseball Today.